Road Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll and home of the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling that. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Listen, there was a big uh, accident on the I-5, Interstate 5. Uh, big truck, big semi went over. It was full of horse hair. Spilled all over the, the freeway. Uh, police are combing through the evidence right now. Thank you. Uh, Duff was on a hair joke kick. <laughs> that was a little bit of a stretch, but we thank Duff anyways uh, just for doing this as he's getting ready for his huge Guns N' Roses tour this summer. They start July 31st in Pennsylvania, and Fozzie starts up July 14th uh, for a couple of summer festival dates, and then the Save the World tour starts in earnest on September 2nd in Columbus, Ohio at the Newport Music Hall. But first, before that, we got July 14th, Iowa City, Iowa at Wildwood, July 15th, Cadot Rock Fest. July 17th, Jacksonville, the Taco Festival. And then, like I mentioned, we got Columbus, Joliet, Belvedere, Kansasville, Harrisburg, and the Blue Ridge Rock Festival in Apotomix, Virginia, all in the first week of September. Go to FozzyRock.com for all ticket dates and VIP info. And don't forget, too, we're heading back to Europe, uh, UK, Ireland, Wales, England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, November 30th at Manchester, England at Club Academy. And we're going to Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast, Birmingham, Wales, London, Chester, Swansea, all the dates, FozzyRock.com. And don't forget the VIP experience, one of the best in the business. A lot of those are selling out, so go to FozzyRock.com to spend a little bit more extra time with us and uh, see a bonus concert as well. So also, if you missed the live Winnipegger show last night, we celebrated Canada Day. You can check that out on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. We celebrated by doing the imitations, and they all had to be Canadian personalities. So it was absolutely ridiculous, as always. And we'll be back with a new episode next Thursday, as we do every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. All right, today, CJ Perry says goodbye to Lana and makes her talk as Jericho return. She's married to Miro in real life, and until recently, she was Lana at WWE. She's talking about being fired from WWE after spending eight years there, why she was surprised by her release, and how she found out. She's also talking about the Lana and Rusev angle at WWE, how it started and evolved, what made it such a popular story, the classic WrestleMania match against John Cena, and why they were pulled apart so quickly after they got over. Also talking about the last angle she had at WWE with Bobby Lashley and her relationship with Vince McMahon. It's an emotional conversation at times. Tears were falling but you'll hear about CJ's passion for wrestling and the business and what it means to her and what she hopes for her own future. She was tremendous. CJ Perry says goodbye to Lana right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. So I'm here at this very lovely uh, oceanside house that, that uh, CJ Perry has. Uh, I guess that's through your last name. It is still my last name. <laughs> you don't have the hyphen thing? I haven't changed my last name yet to Barnyashiv, and Miro's really mad about it. So. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, this is Miro's uh, lovely wife, formerly known, FKA, as Lana. Uh, but this this place is great, because I forget that, that you, you had been working in Tampa basically for the last six months. Oh, my God. We've been... Well, we've been in Florida for the... Since March 2020. Right. Um, but... We've been in Tampa since November, December. December. We were in uh, Tropicana Field, which is literally eight minutes from here, from November to April. And now we're there in a different arena in Tampa. Well, let's talk about this for a bit because obviously for us working in Jacksonville, we had no crowd for the longest time. And then we had uh, the uh, 
you know, the limited crowds and that sort of thing. And then, of course, working our way up to having a full house just a few weeks ago at, uh, at Double or Nothing. But how was it for you guys, first of all, when the pandemic started? And kind of talk about, because first you were in Orlando with no crowd in that giant arena. And how was that for you after being, you know, in front of fans for your whole career? Oh, God. It was, well, first we were at the Performance Center. Which oh, that's right. was really weird. That must have been brutal because it's so small. Yes, yes. It was so bizarre. Um, so I started July 8th would have been, in uh, just July 8th would have been my eight-year anniversary mm-hmm. of starting in WWE. Oh, my and, gosh, really? Yeah, 2013, July 8th. I started the first group at the Performance Center, and Becky Lynch was in that group, and Braun was in that group. Um, so it was weird coming back to do WrestleMania there. It was that must have been so strange because it's just a little warehouse. Yeah. For WrestleMania. Yeah, literally a little warehouse that we had our seven rings that they turned into the area for WrestleMania for the pandemic. Um, oh, the two-day WrestleMania. It was very weird. It was. It was a strange, strange, bizarre time. I traveled. I had to travel from LA, and I have. I, I'm so glad I videotaped so much because there was only five people on my plane. So I was traveling through the pandemic, and it was. It was definitely it made me nervous, especially in the beginning, because um, we didn't know what this COVID thing was. Mm. So we never shut down. We just kept going. And WrestleMania um, was like April, right? Yeah, but we filmed at the end of March. So that's what I'm saying. And that's still right at the beginning. March, yes. March and April were the really scariest times. Yes. It, it, was, it was terrifying because it was everything got shut down. And L.A. was really dramatic, mm. way more dramatic than Florida. You know, it's just like you can't even walk outside without a mask. Um, and <laughs> so dramatic. So crazy, yeah. Um, and so I was traveling through all of that. And so that was really weird and made me really anxious. And Miro wasn't there. And then we had no crowd and no fans. And I realized just how much I adore the fans. And that's why I do this. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't just do movies and television in Hollywood is because of the relationship that we have with the fans and um it separates us over anything else mm-hmm. in pro wrestling well, it adds like, so much to the to the matches too yes yes you know? and it's really is the th- kind of the third character on mm-hmm. the show Completely. and um so you know in wwe a lot of things can be stressful and dramatic and um all of it is worth it once you go out there mm-hmm. and you feel that energy and you connect with the audience and you're making people either boo you or cheer you and it's all worth it. And so when at WrestleMania, when I went out there with Bobby Lashley and there was no fans and you go through all this stress and all this stuff and then you go out there and you don't feel that feeling mm-hmm. at all. And then you come back and it's like, whoa, I didn't get my high. <laughs> like I literally, I would be like, wait, wait, like always constantly felt like unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really weird adjustment for me. And the following three months we were, no, the following five months we were there. In, in. At the performance center. Five months. Five months. We were there from March through July. Mm. And, oh no, through mid-August. So SummerSlam was the first time we went to Amway. (laughs) When we got to Amway, I was so excited that we were back to live television that that Vince couldn't rethink it and rewrite it 17 times because that's what was happening. Mm, raw, gotcha. Oh, boy. Because you were, you were taping three or four at a time, right? Oh, yeah. We were taping oh um, two shows. Oh, my God. 
this this is the one time of WWE. Oh boy, this was this was a crazy time. Uh, so we would do supposed to do on Mondays two Raw, no Raw and a SmackDown afterwards, and then the following day a Raw and a SmackDown gotcha. afterwards. And it was always I would have I one time I was there for 19 hours. Oh my gosh! To do a 60 second backstage oh my gosh i'm not even kidding it was so insane rewrite and rewrite and rewrite just so many different yeah <laughs> rewrites um one time natty and i oh we did gosh. this whole segment with vicky james at they debut chelsea okay yeah so we were um natty and i i was just with this was at the performance center um i natty i was managing natty just it was the first time i was managing her and um, Chelsea was supposed to debut with Mickey, and we did it all. We did it all. We went home. You know, I'm in bed, um, and we get a call from one of the writers that they're cutting. Vince looked at it and said, "No, cut the whole thing." And we had to go back to film no. another wow. backstage. All of it. Chelsea didn't debut. We had the match. The fall. It was just like weird, constantly weird stuff mm-hmm. like that. That it was just. Once we went to live television, I was so excited. I was like, yay, we can't rethink it. It's right. out there. Like, oh, well, um, for and better that, or for worse. And that was still in front of no people, though. It was just in a bigger yeah. arena. That in, was in where we had the digital. Um, that was the first time that we went into the digital. Okay, so that's when the Thunderdome started? Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. Yeah, the Thunderdome started at SummerSlam, I believe, in mid-August. So let's talk about that. Because it's interesting because I had the idea of, of doing like a live Zoom or something. That, and Tony was against it. He didn't want to do that. And that's basically what the Thunderdome was, was yeah. f- real life people watching with their faces on the screens. Yeah. Making noise or not making noise? Or how did, how, like, how did that work? They make noise. Well, there's several things. You know, it's all a little bit rigged for mm-hmm. sure. You know, and this is where I miss having fans because we could... Con- WWE could control it. You are know? they sending messages to people saying cheer boo or they were just Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. There's there's definitely I think there's some, you know, there's if there if the chants have been already done before, they can clip it. Gotcha. And they get like so this is awesome chants they can definitely do. You know, when like Bianca <laughs> and I think Rhea were at one of their one of the matches they autoed it in. This is awesome, Chan. Mm. You know, and I think that's great. If you, especially if you have the stuff that you can, it sets the tone. You know, right. it's so many people have gotten over because on one city, some chant started that you were trying to get over, and it hooks, and then people on television see, and then people keep on doing it. Mm. And um, so, I know that it was like this is awesome. I know they've clipped in. They've clipped in some other ones. They they definitely do the boos and the cheers because all of us talent will kind of giggle when we're like, wait, that was a baby face. Why are you booing the baby face? Um, that's so. Could act- you actually hear the noise from the people watching the Thunderdome though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There okay. is noise okay. for sure. Um, I think, and they also tell them to you know. Mm-hmm. But we used to we, we used to work in WCW at MGM Studios for like the worldwide shows and stuff, and it was just a tourist attraction. So people would go to the Back to the Future ride, they'd go to the Terminator ride. Oh, let's go see wrestling. And so what they would do is they would have a guy with a big sign that would push a thumbs up, and you would cheer, yay! And then instantly, you would hear boo when the thumbs went down. So yay, thumb goes oh down, god. boo, thumb goes up, yay! It was so yeah. bad. It just like clip, 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 clip. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the part. I mean, it was it's it was definitely an interesting situation. 
without the fans. And mm-hmm. I, I've talked a lot with like Seth about this and um, TJ and the pros and the cons with the having fans and without the fans. So I can time my promo exactly down to the T without the fans. Right. I was going out with Natty um, to do a promo and they cut our time. You know, Bruce is like, cut it by like five minutes with Billy Kidman. The guys went over, typical. Mm-hmm. The guys going over the girls' segments. The girls mm-hmm. get, you know, it is what it is. Here we go. Um, and it was supposed to be a six-minute promo segment. I had to do it in three minutes, me and Natty. And I knew how to, I, we got it exactly down to two nine. Two minutes and 99 seconds because there were no fans and I knew exactly what I could cut out what would be that time now when you have fans this is where it becomes a harder battle but also a better it just it's completely a different battle you have to in my opinion you have to the crowd as a part of it you know Mm -hmm. you have to listen so if they start booing don't step on your pop Mm -hmm. you know or step on the boo don't step on let them you know how many times have you told me like you could have milked it out longer. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gauges your success almost. You know, the louder right. it is, then the more over you are in theory. And um, without fans, you know, you can kind of like gauge your timing exactly. But the storytelling aspect is so different. Mm-hmm. It becomes so, so different. Some things just do not resonate without fans. I mean, in my opinion, like how I won Survivor Series, like if I would have won that way with fans. Oh, yeah. It, it would have been the place I am convinced would have exploded. And versus the smart marks on the Internet, you know, the Twitter hates regardless. You know, they're just it's a hate. It's a little bit more of a negative mentality. And, you know, they might not always get it, but. I understood why Vince had wanting me to win that way because one, it hadn't been done before Two, um, we'll talk about how you won. Okay. So how I won basically, you were, this is when you were getting put through a table, like on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. 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 Naya, right? yeah, yeah. So table. Oh boy. So we were tables went was nine tables. I went through tables nine times, nine weeks in a row and a nine weeks in a row. <laughs> Oh my God. It's not easy, by the way. People, that's the oh, thing. That no. people go, oh, she went through a table. That's hard going through a table. Yes, it is. It, yeah, it is definitely, definitely feel it. I probably still feel it a little. Right. Um, but um, so nine tables, I had escaped one table. We were supposed to do this whole table spot on the show. And then. Roman did not want because he had a table spot with Seamus gotcha. um, and he did not. So then, you know, there was some a major pushback, you know, the Samoans, Naya and Roman, you know, oh, all that whole like, thing. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm caught in the middle of this <laughs> cousin. Drama. Every Samoan is a cousin, <laughs> apparently. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and so we had a huge spot. Like I was supposed to be laid out in the very beginning. Is this on Raw or is this on the pay-per-view? This is on the pay-per-view. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I was supposed to be laid out. Like get in the ring and then Naya snatch me because the whole point was like the all everyone on the team was back heels. Mm-hmm. That was the only quote baby face. Mm-hmm. And they she were gonna be all against me and she was gonna lay me out. And then at the end I had this whole sequence with Bianca. And Bailey was supposed to get involved. Bailey was supposed to get involved and cheat, but like still I prove myself and I went. So all, we were all so excited about it. You know, there was just, you know, I was excited. I was going to get the wrestle, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then there's the whole Samoan rivalry that happened. So the whole table spot got taken out. 
And then Vince thought it would be hilarious if I didn't get in the match at all. Oh. That Naya would tell me not let me get in at all. And then um, I win because everyone gets eliminated. And he thought that was the most hilarious thing. He Shane McMahon thought it was hilarious. They're like, this has never been done before. And, you know, in many ways, I understand because, you know, Undertaker was retiring that day. And I understand, let's give something different on the show. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I get that business side of it all. And so, but it was really dramatic. I, um, you know, Bailey and Bianca, you know, there, there was all this stuff happening. I'm crying in a corner uh, because I'm like, I just want to wrestle. I just want to wrestle. I'm like calling Natty. Um, I'm like, Natty, I'm hiding in this corner. I'm crying. I just want to wrestle. I want to prove myself. Yeah. And Natty's like, you're still winning. Who cares? And I'm like, no, I want to prove. I want to prove myself. Oh, yeah. And um, so, but then like TJ really wanted me to get in and wrestle a little bit. And then Naya was going to kick me out and say, you have to stand there. And mm-hmm. so he had to even fight for that with mm-hmm. Vince. Cause he was like, no, I think it's important for her to show that she's improving in the ring. Like that's mm-hmm. the baby face mm-hmm. side of it is that she does want to get in and wrestle and they're telling her go f- off and stand out there. And that would have gotten a, a huge, reaction. Yes. Sure. Right. And it was kind of, in some ways, I understood like Vince was in some ways trying to recreate what like Miro did to me in 2015 when he would be like, they would want, we want Lana. He would send me to a different part and then to a different bar and then kick me out on the whole place booze. And so those things really resonate with crowds like me wrestling and then her making me stand would have most likely gotten we want Lana, you know, and booed and, um, but with a crowd, it just resonates different, you know, and that's why I'm so thankful for our fans, live fans, because We Want Lana Chance would have never happened. That whole like 2015 program with John Cena and like, you know, I quit, that would have never happened without mm-hmm. the fans. They were chanting for me. They were, so that's why I'm like forever grateful because um, I've always had this weird relationship. Either they want me or I can at least get them to boo the shit out of me. So, But that's, but that's a great relationship. And that is one of the things that's very important that you mentioned in the Thunderdome environment. And it happened a lot in AEW too where you're like, I don't know who's over and who's not. And then when we had the Double or Nothing weekend, when we had a full house, not just once but twice on the Dynamite beforehand, people were coming out that like, had never gotten a reaction in their in their lives like this because they were just like cheering for everybody. Layla Hirsch came out ah, and the, you know the, the Pillman and and freaking uh, Griff Garrison and the Chaos Project like they're just getting these huge reactions and that totally would have happened. Vince's instincts were probably right as they usually are yeah. if there was a crowd. Yeah. Totally. Right? But because totally. there wasn't, it's just kind of a dead spot. I, yeah. I tell the story where I was working Orange yeah. Cassidy and he goes, did I sell that too long? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Without a crowd, you can't judge yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's that's the part I didn't like, you know? And I feel like um, definitely that's the part of not having a crowd I didn't like. And I especially felt with me specifically, the live audience resonates with me a lot better mm-hmm. than the internet audience. Of course they would. And so, I, and I have an... I cannot tell you how many times I've been buried on Twitter, buried by the dirt sheets, buried by this, like everyone that is like pretending mm-hmm. to be journalists. By the way, thank you guys. Holler at you. Shout outs to you guys for talking about me. I appreciate it. 
However, like Barry, 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 and then I come out to the crowd and it's a completely different reaction. You know, it would be like them, if I would wrestle at live events, they would, I was a heel and the whole place would erupt to be excited to see me wrestle. And so it really taught me to, um, there's two different audiences, at least in WWE, you know, nope. that, you know, I don't know if it's just more, more, com- I don't know, but no, it but is th- a difference. But here's the thing too, though, is that the live audience, I'd say it's a little bit, it probably makes up 90% of the audience. Mm. And then the real hardcore fans and, and you know, dirt cheese, and that's, that's very valid too, but that's 10%. Mm. It's like, if I go watch, You're you know, so right. I went and saw a, a conjuring, the devil made me do it last night. Right. So if I was reading, I don't know, uh, Variety magazine and going online to read all the mo- uh, Rotten Tomatoes and all this stuff, they might have given that a 20. I don't know. I went and I really enjoyed it. I went with my, with my, with my daughters so and we had a great time. So I don't know what the critics are saying because right. I don't care. Yeah. Now, there are people who live and die by the box office mojo and the Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a very small... Mm. You know what I mean? So totally. you have to keep that in mind when you're reading. I think I even texted you that at one point. When you're reading these two, if you're going to wade in those waters, it's a very small segment. Now, yeah. they're very vocal yeah. and can sometimes be very vicious, yeah. but it's not the whole piece of the pie. Yeah, and I think that's what's really, that was the hard part with the very hard part in these Thunderdomes, you know, because right. you, you're having your one audience, which is Mr. McMahon, and who's to say, you know, he might love something one day. We all know how Vince mm-hmm. is. We'll love one thing one day, hate it the other day, obsessed with you, then fire the next. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that environment. Um, so don't get comfortable. Right. Uh, right. No Never way. get comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I always, thank God I was always, I knew that. Um, but I, I it's, it's just so hard to, to gauge any type of real success because then your only thing of gauging is online, you know, where most, if, you, if you're a heel, especially God, good luck because you're, we're supposed to make people hate us. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be a bunch That's of hate idea. on, yeah, <laughs> right. you know, like I'm glad you don't like me and uh, want me to get fired and et cetera. I'm doing my job, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, there's no boo button on Instagram. There's no boo, you know, on, there's nothing that you can in the digital era ignite that type of reaction. Like if you're in a a heel in the arena, you, you provoke and you get that reaction, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, I feel it's, how do you, it's sometimes a little bit harder to translate in, um, as we move more into a digital world is how do you, um, still translate heel heels to translate into making money? Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, in the eighties, nineties, I mean, even up until when Miro and I came up in 2014, going out there and getting them to hate Miro more than anyone else, that is money because that means at WrestleMania, the top guy can beat him mm-hmm. and that it so the more the more he's hated the better but like how do you translate that on digital you know it doesn't tra- he isn't going to resonate as much back then he didn't resonate he actually resonated a lot more when he did start more showing personality and through total divas and calling me cold fish lana and um <laughs> so it would be i don't it would be interesting if something like that would translate into a world with no fans even 
let's talk about this a little more. But first, I want to share an update on how my daughter Cheyenne is sleeping on her Helix mattress. It's been almost a year, and it's still one of her most favorite possessions. It's hard to get her out of bed, especially now during the summer. I'm sure that's uh, because of the Helix mattress and not the fact that she's a teenager. Uh, Cheyenne says the mattress is just as comfortable now as the first time she slept on it. She still loves it, and she wouldn't trade it for anything. I think it's so comfortable as well because it's the perfect mattress for her. Cheyenne took the Helix sleep quiz, and Helix used her answers to suggest what mattress we should get. Quiz took less than two minutes, and Cheyenne answered, answered questions like, do you sleep on your back, side, or stomach? Do you like a firm or soft mattress? Do you move around a lot at night? The results said that we should get the Moonlight Lux mattress, and we did. And as you keep hearing from me, Cheyenne loves it. Uh, Helix has a specific mattress for everybody's unique taste, and you don't have to take our word for it either. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Jericho. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. It's all it takes. It's not an exaggeration. And they'll match you to a customized mattress that's going to give you the best sleep of your life. Just ask Cheyenne. Helix has a 10-year warranty, and you get to sleep on the mattress for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but trust us, you're going to love it. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash Jericho. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Jericho for up to $200 off. Try it risk-free for 100 nights. helixsleep.com slash Jericho. Let's talk about this for a bit because you mentioned, you know, obviously Miro is Rusev for those who probably don't know. I'm sure everybody does. But this is one of the hottest acts in that time frame. You mentioned eight years of being in WWE, which is amazing, by the way. Congratulations for that. But at the beginning run, like this was one of the hottest acts on the show was Rusev and Lana. And like you mentioned, one of the main events of a WrestleMania with, with John Cena, one of the greatest entrances ever. We laugh about the tank. I talked to Mira about this a few months ago on Talk is Jericho. Um, let me ask your opinion. A, what was, what was it that got this act so over? And B, why was this act kind of t- uh, driven apart, in my opinion, probably prematurely? Yeah, God. A lot of things behind that act made it very successful. I think it's a perfect storm. You know, I think sometimes you have perfect storms. Becky Lynch is a perfect storm, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you just have those perfect storms. And I think right from place, a cast, right time. yeah, and I think the casting, it was like very perfect casting. I played, you know, I grew up in Russia, so so many things about me and how I carry myself. I, le- I can lean into that character because it's a part of me. And then with Miro, that's an extension of himself. Right. You know, he is Bulgarian, you yes. know, even if he tries to, you know. He's Eastern Bloc, yes. not Russian, but Bulgarian. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think the, our chemistry with each other, you know, resonated because we were really together and yeah. um, we were dating in real life, even though we didn't show that on um, screen. And so that it was so in us. And then I think we just were, we had the best of the best. We had all the best mentors. I mean, Dusty Rose uh, put us together and mentored us. Triple H mentored. I mean, God, I'm so, this is so thankful for Triple H and Road Dog. They had such a hand on it, you know, and Billy Gunn, actually. I mean, God, now that I've, I was just remembering this with Miro. I was like, you know, Billy Gunn really helped me develop some of the traits that, 
we know as Lana mm. from that first year and, and Arn Anderson actually. Nice. Um, so it was like, it's a combination of everyone and just like really wanting it and working really hard. And um, I remember uh, when I was still in NXT, I was like trying to, I was ringside. You called Lana in NXT as well? Yes. Gotcha. So I, I submitted like 25 names. All I wanted a Russian name. I always knew I wanted to something. I just, it was, something with Russian like what makes me stand out as a white girl that's blonde mm -hmm. we have a you know America we have a lot of Americans that are hot blonde girls so what's going to se separate me a little bit well I speak fluent Russian I can do a Russian accent and I also speak fluent English so <laughs> um, so I was like looking at that you know Summer Ray was on the main roster I didn't want to be like Summer and um, so they really were specifically wanting me not to be like summer ringside and so like when I would be I would watch summer or watch Paul Heyman or Vicky and try to emulate what they were doing Billy Gunn was like that's not it hmm. he goes that's not it he goes we got to find something different and I was I remember I get so frustrated because I'm just like how am I supposed to find it like who am I supposed to watch and then now looking back and about two years in I realized that sometimes that's the greatest spot to be in because that means you're able to maybe create something the first, create mm -hmm. something that's never been mm -hmm. done before. And I didn't that's realize, yeah, and I didn't realize at that time that's what, what was happening is, you know, and Billy was just like, stand there, you know, don't, you know, don't be a wrestling character, mm. be a human, you know? And I remember Vince, that's specifically what he would love. And anytime I leaned into being more of a, like a wrestling manager, he would be like, no, that's mm. not it. You know, just like be, Bridget Nielsen and Rocky Four, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, and so all those things started to come together. And um, then probably right before I came up on the main roster that we were trying to figure out I'm Russian and he's Bulgarian. And I kept on being like, hey, I really think I know Bulgaria is awesome. I love Bulgaria, too. But the threat to America is Russia. Mm -hmm. the threat to America is not Bulgaria. <laughs> not right now, at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but he I, I get it. You know, that's his country. He didn't want to give it up. And sure enough, um, three months in on the main roster, Vince was like, you're residing in Russia. And I just like kind of chuckled to myself. I'm like, well, at Told least I know so. what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, you know, Vince was very hands-on on that. Um, he wrote all my promos that year. Um, he was very, very hands-on. Um, and I learned a lot. Road Dog really mentored us, um, really taught us a lot about cameras. And, you know, it's a t TV show at the end of the mm -hmm. day. You know, you got, and that's what I notice. Unfortunately, a lot with the girls is that they don't, I feel like a lot of the women don't get mentored as much, mm -hmm. the women's division, um, kind of. You know, at one point, Triple H was there and really hands-on, um, which, you know, is great because there's so much knowledge there. Mm -hmm. But right now, it's the last year. It hasn't been that way. Fit Finley was also very, yes. very much in, with the women helping yes. out. Oh, yeah. Fit But was now he's down in NXT. NXT. Yeah. And TJ is amazing. I mean, TJ mm. is a savant. I mean, right. God, they're a wrestling savant. And really, he's helped me like a lot, too. Um, just understanding the... He knows sports and wrestling so well. But just... I felt really lucky to be able to be with the boys because I learned so much from the greats, you know, greats like John Cena, mm. like yourself, um, you know, being ringside, constantly hearing the noise, hearing what it means to be over the noise. Mm. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of times we in the women's division don't get to hear that, mm -hmm. you know, and because we don't have 
a you in the ring with mm. us. We're literally teaching each, each other. other. Right. And um, so I'm very, very fortunate for all of that. Um, going back to why we got, I, I went on a long tangent of why we got separated. So that's why I think it was so over is because it was like the perfect storm. Right. You know, right, it right, was right. it was us being those characters, us working hard, being good actors, all the hands in, you mm-hmm. know, the bet. I mean, I just named all the, mm-hmm. you know, and then Vince having protecting it. Oh, and I, another big thing with that, too, I think big picture. There was a story. There was a purpose. So they're like undefeated till John Cena. So that. Gave and that was like at least a year. He's also kind of the quintessential American yeah. hero. You know totally, what I mean? Yeah. Totally. And um, we were supposed to work John Cena actually three months in the original plan. Where and thank God that didn't happen because he would have been then un, he would have lost then. Undefeated, yeah. Versus we went over a year. He went undefeated, and that is what essentially got me over. You mm-hmm. know, and, and the importance of having incredible heels and incredible bad guys i think miro is one of the best mm-hmm. and and they're such a monster you know and that was kind of the thing it was the beauty and the beast type of a vibe right which is why and, and we're gonna mention why do you think you guys got kind of split up when you well, did well um you know i they started the we want lana chant so so the thing about um rusev at the time uh, miro um rusev. Uh, uh, rusev, um he was truly the most hated bad guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was booed because of him. You know, people were mad, you know, that association. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would get booed. um, Like my music would hit and it was like a boo cheer, you know, and Mm -hmm. I would come and introduce him and then dedicate my matches to Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Now I'm telling everyone boo me, you know, and so um, but then he was so hated, you know, and I think probably to the fact you know he's undefeated he's russian he's bulgarian dedicating the vladimir putin now he also has this hot blonde girl you know you and um it was just one day i i was doing a movie interrogation and they he brought out a lawyer so i just mixed one week this is a month before wrestlemania the whole arena started chanting we want lana And I, w- I trended for like two days. It was really bizarre. It was wild. I was like shook. I was, I would have never expected that. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, they want me? <laughs> want me? <laughs> I'm loved. Oh my God. Um, and then it kept on happening and happened. And then um, WrestleMania, we did the tank. We did the whole, and um, you know, Vince, Miro, I don't know if he always realized this, but like I was always often placed there to protect him, mm-hmm. you know? So like throughout the years too, they used me or his tag partners or whatever, but like he was very, in my opinion, in the f- world that there was still a little protected more than most. Right. So, you know, now looking back, I see how it was getting all set up is like, oh, he was yelling at me. I mean, what man comes and starts yelling, mm-hmm. you know, he lost. And so, and Vince, we went to Vince the following week, the pitch and idea, the work with Daniel Bryan. And he was like, no, I'm splitting you guys up. Mm. And we're, we were shocked. We had no idea. And he was like, no, no, no. He was like, he's hated. And he goes, you're over. He goes, they love you. He goes, so, you know, you have, you can go down to NXT or, you know, oh, I was like, wait, I don't understand. Like, can I not be like, 
a bitch. Like I can get hated. I can be like, and I, Cersei, Game of Thrones. I start naming all these like super hated heel right. women on television. And he's like, oh, that's great. It's a conniving woman. Okay. Well, we could do, you know, maybe you, you know, kiss, you kiss a guy and make him jealous. And I'm like, awesome. You know, that's great. You know, I am an actor. I can, mm. to me, that's makes, I mean, the, I've done all different types of roles. So to me, it's acting, whatever. And um, then a month later, he told me, he pulled us in and said I was going to be making out with Dolph Ziggler. And we were going into this big program. And so um, I think knowing what I know now, it might have been premature. I mean, it doesn't, you can do whatever you want there. Sure, it's it's for us, it's it's an open canvas. Yeah, it's like... You know, 2016, I think the biggest problem with, in my opinion, of and WWE is like they just don't follow through with stories. And so when they do follow through stories, it's great and everyone is excited. And even if they hate it in the beginning, by the end or a couple years later, they'll be like, that was awesome. But it's the not the follow through that I think frustrates the fans and frustrates the talent. So like there was follow through with winning, you know, that whole year. And then we broke up, which we could have milked it a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, you know, romance stories, I know the smart marks don't like the romance stories, but the arenas love the, the, the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, resonate with relationship stories and my opinions they always do numbers and um, then we had this great thing going on where the place is exploding you know me with Dolph um, who was Rus- he with? Rusev with Summer oh right, right I right. mean I'm we were just watching he when he fought Mark Henry and Summer put me in the accolade 35 million views mm. on YouTube I mean we broke literally YouTube video I mean our kiss with Dolph like my kiss with Dolph when he came out there was like it's like 82 million but I can see that happening and I, and, I, and, I, and I see your point in that but then there was no follow through there's no follow through and, that, <laughs> yeah. and that's my biggest point point. there's also always a, a tendency to rush like I was just like the inner circle our group has been together for almost two years now never broke up never turned each other if we were WWE we would have done it in three months and if you don't believe it look at the Hurt Business these guys were great they looked great it was a great looking thing and they just break them up yeah. and here's what happens they break guys up and then two of the guys end up doing nothing yeah. and one guy stays and, and it's, for you guys it worked out really good and then it stops because you post a picture whatever it is yeah. it's like it just nobody gives a shit about your instagram and your no, this is yeah. show business yeah. like you said you're acting totally. but there's always just looking for a reason to end stuff in my opinion yeah. rather than looking for reasons to continue and add twists and turns like Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's why we watch Game of Thrones. Some of those stories went eight years long. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think so and it's so funny that you bring up the the picture because I am so I feel so good that I really didn't fuck up. You know, and for so long I, I hit myself on the head and regretted, oh my God, I, maybe we shouldn't have gotten engaged then. Oh yeah, because you put yeah, you put a picture of you getting engaged. Well, I didn't even put up a picture, whatever. I just sent it right. to my friends. Okay. And then, you know, I guess you know, someone leaked it. It was Really? You didn't even post it? No, no. No, wow. I never ever put it because wow. TMZ got a hold of it and then basically TMZ just said we were engaged and so we the story got cut and we got blamed for it personally i got blamed 
it's insane. It's so ridiculous. So, so the, 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 just to give people a little bit more shades on this, you, the picture gets out of you engaged to, to, to Rusev Miro, and at the time, your character in the in the in the movie that you're an actress in, actor in, is with Dolph Ziggler. So that now we have to end this story. It's like it's not real. Exactly. Oh. Oh my God! When you actually say it out loud, it's hilarious and but you got in trouble for that oh yeah i got in trouble i wasn't on television for three months oh my I, gosh yeah and i was on television straight for two years yeah. and i was not on television for three months i was made to feel that it was all my fault you know i had to take the blame um and for years i thought maybe it was my fault you know for mm. years and then we did the bobby lashley story and, um, you know, I had given Vince my word that I would not take a picture with someone I am feuding with and or send it to anyone, you mm. know, like if I take it, it's not leaving my, you know, I and I okay, gave so. him my word that I am not going to do that anymore. So my word is what I all that I have, sure. you know. And so when we went into the story with Bobby Lashley, you know, Heyman and our social media had um, definitely suggested that we blur the gray line, you know, to make it, and I respect that. And um, so I didn't post Miro on my social media for probably 11 months, mm. you know, and I didn't post him until after, not even after he was fired. So it doesn't even, after I got divorced and still waited for about a month and he was fired. Div uh, from divorced Bobby Lashley. on the show. On yeah. Lashley. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Lashley. All right, so, you guys got married. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. oh my God, I've been, I, my, Lana has been married and divorced <laughs> and has lots of exes. Uh, I love her love life. Lana's been around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, it's, she has all the tea with that. Uh, <laughs> um, Oh my God, I can't. Um, but, you know, I, that story was just, I, I feel like why a lot of people were, there's a lot of reasons why people might have not been happy with it, but I think there wasn't follow through. And Bobby Lashley has, you know, I'm actually quite grateful for that. He spoke out about this a lot. On a lot of podcasts, he talked about that he didn't feel like they had the proper match, him and Miro. Mm -hmm. He goes, I just feel like, you know, we did all these amazing, you know, weird, well, some people think it's weird, some people amazing, whatever. I think it was great relationship storytelling. Story, yeah. And uh, for months and huge, amazing segments they gave us, you know, and valuable television time. And that's awesome. But at the end of the day, this is pro wrestling and we have to have the proper payoff mm, in the ring. Of course. And I just, um, it's not even just what I felt. I feel, you know, Miro might not say this, but if Bobby, who is the person champion right now, in WWE, yep. as well as a fighter and a saying, hey, there wasn't a proper resolve and match. We we should have had more matches. Mm -hmm. That I think is saying a lot. And that's when I realized that it's just weak. Vince might have was getting bored maybe with the story, with the Dolph Ziggler story, maybe started to get bored. Who's to say? And then all of a sudden you give him one reason to drop the ball and point the finger, that's what's going to happen. Right. And I think that's, you know, that's the problem with WWE programming right now is no follow through with stories, period. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Hurt Business, like mm -hmm. what you said, and you know, could go on and on and on. And um, as a person, an avid TV watcher, you know, I watch so many scripted television shows. When storytelling starts to f*** up, 
that's when I get angry as a viewer. It loses you. Yeah. It's like, why did you kill off that character yep. again? You know, I finally started to love your, this new character on Grey's Anatomy mm -hmm. and you f killed them. Mm -hmm. I, ha I, ha I hated the end of Game of Thrones Ugh. for that reason, because there was, I thought for sure that I see where they're going. It's going to be great. And then they went, you know, Khaleesi turns heel and all this other stuff. And it's like, why did you do that? And then Jon Snow at the end with the dragon, that should have been, he's yeah. the dragon man. It should have been his dragon. And should, just there's so much behind it that bothered me. Dexter was the same. Yeah. And I hate when, when WWE does that because they have a real attitude. And this is not bagging on them of, oh, fans don't remember. Or fa fans yes. remember. Yes. I'm a fan. Yes. You're a fan. Yep. I love, listen, there's always going to be little little things that maybe don't fit, but for the majority, you have to respect the storytelling and not leave these massive plot holes. You know, that's what I'm saying, to where some people are married and then the next week I hate you, spit in their face and go, it yeah. doesn't work that way. That's no. not how life works. Yeah, no, and you know? I think that's where I got, um, you know, that's where I was getting really disappointed. And I, I never showed, this is kind of like the first time I'm even talking about it mm -hmm. because I was always such a um, company person and I would never always all I know the contract that I signed mm -hmm. you know and I respect that and mm -hmm. I respect Vince McMahon's rules um, I respect yeah. the mad genius you know um, right yeah and I learned so much from that man like life-changing lessons mm -hmm. that I will take with me for not just as a performer but as a human being yeah. and I am forever grateful um, but I do feel I know that a lot of people have a lot more to offer, you know, and it's not just me. I probably, everyone feels like they have a lot more to offer, but even from, just from a character standpoint, you know, like how we were just talking about Lana's love life alone is, was there's so many different ways you could just thread a 60 second pre-tape mm -hmm. that continues to tell stories. Like, why can't I pass in the hallways, Bobby Lashley? And we just like, that a would, glance, sure. oh my God, like talk about like, engagement mm -hmm. you know and those are the things that my mind is always thinking is the threading not just of my character but all the characters and um why does it always have to be two people why yeah. can't you interact and have a couple stories kind of intertwining totally you know? and that's i mean that's what you know i i hate to bring keep on bringing gray's anatomy up but like obviously you're a big fan oh yes <laughs> i am 16th season still wow. watching Dr. Um, dreamy yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um but those are it's a perfect show of how they like will do so many callbacks right and it's not necessarily that they you know, you get back with your ex, but you do have to work with your ex. Mm -hmm. So we all work for the same company. Why mm -hmm. are we not like having normal interactions? Interactions as people. Like yeah. real life. Like if you break up with someone there, you're going to see them in catering. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's just, I, I, I think I have, a, I would always be showing my, even up to a week before I got fired, I, w I was went up to Bruce and I was just like, I love to give more as, you know, even if it's not just, in front of the camera, I feel like I have so much to give as a storyteller, as a writer. Mm -hmm. You know, we're they're hiring all these new writers, and well, and that's my thing with 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 you is that there's a million things you could do. I mean, you can you can wrestle. We can continue that. You can be 
backstage personality. You can be a writer. You can be a commentator. You can be, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was it was a shock for me with some other names as well. Was it a shock for you when when you got? You keep saying get fired. <laughs> oh my god! Were you blindsided by that? Oh yes, I actually got the call. I was sitting right over on that kitchen table. Because this is the house that you've been renting oh, because you're in so, Tampa all yes, the time. Yeah. So this, let me actually tell a little backstory. Right, this this this, this shows you like my commitment to right. what we do and also you know, pro wrestling. Let me stop you there for a minute so I can get in a quick thank you to our friends at Geico for making this episode possible. If you own or rent your home, you know how hard it can be, how much hard work there can be, but you know what's easy is bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy, and it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. All right, CJ, continue with your story. TJ and Natty got a ring and Dungeon 2.0, and it's about an hour and a half from here, and Zephyr Hills, Tampa, which oh, it's is... called the Dungeon 2.0? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Um, I had been trained, you know, I just wanted to train more. I, I really saw a big improvement the more I was training. You know, there's no live events right now. Right. Um, so I don't care how athletic some of these people are. You're different. Some of the, you know, men who have been wrestling for years, you know, 15 years, 20 years plus all around the world. Yeah, they don't need to go train. But mm -hmm. like some, pe some, some people have, who've been doing this for just two years and never been yeah. on the road period they should be training right yes and i saw a lot of lazy people mm. that i work with with no passion that you know get by because they're really athletic and and i get it this is show business and it's casting and it's not all about it's also how guaranteed money so what's the difference that's that's the attitude they would have well i get paid either way totally which is the wrong attitude it's but. absolutely the wrong attitude but you know that's that's whatever yeah. um <laughs> that's life yeah. uh, so but anyways i was like you know i really at the beginning of the year i really wanted to take my family on a family vacation you know and i wanted to get us a house and take care of my family and i kept on trying to go to the caribbean it wasn't working out so i'm like you know what it. let's go to let me rent a house on the beach in st pete and then i will be where work is i don't have to travel as much because i've been traveling the entire year you know through the global pandemic when a lot of people were just living in florida you right. know i was actually traveling the whole year living in a hotel room 250 days last year by wow. myself wow. yeah by myself um no miro mm -hmm. um and i didn't have to but it was just like, I wanted to give it my all. Like, I didn't want to get fired. I wanted to make sure I wasn't an essential worker, mm. you know, that they're like, no, we need you. And I never, I didn't, I know from day one, my future endeavors, all of those future endeavors start day one of working in WWE. So I was preparing for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I rented this house um, and decided to take my family on a family vacation here. And so I could, tr and train a lot more and not have to travel. And um, yeah, two weeks in, I rented it for a month. Two weeks in, I got a call from Johnny Ace. Crazy thing is I thought he was calling me about something completely different because I, I was, I can't, I can't tell you yet what the show is, but I was offered to do another television show. And Great. so they went th through the whole process with WWE and they approved it. 
And so I thought he was calling me about more of those details, you know, cause that's what we were all discussing the day before, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, <laughs> um, calling you about your 90 days. And I'm like, wait, what? I was like, I couldn't even understand. And he's like, I'm calling you about your um, 90 day, like you're getting released. Mm. And I was literally standing right next to the pool. I just like, oh, eh. my heart dropped. My mm. heart dropped. Um, at the same time, I felt really relieved, which mm. was really weird because mm -hmm. I did not expect to feel relieved. Like I felt like um, a weight lifted off my shoulder mm. and I could breathe. And I, if someone would have told me that would have happened, I would have been like, no way. Cause mm -hmm. I, I love my job. I love the people that I worked with. I mean, yeah, things are shitty at times, but like, that's why it's a job, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's called work. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and so I was just like, oh my God. And I just was like, thank you. He's like, stay in touch. He's like, thank you. He goes, you've worked your ass off. Um, he go, I go, is there anything that I did wrong? He's like, no. He's like, you worked your ass off. You've improved tremendously in the ring. He's like, thank you for working hard. He's like, stay close, you know? Johnny Aces, the usual. I, I kind of chuckled to myself because I'm like, I'm glad it wasn't Mark Carano that called me. Because, mm. um, like, I just see Johnny as this role, you yeah, know? And Mark, his yeah. yeah, Mark kind of becomes like homies a little bit more. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. like, Ace is just like so corporate. Yeah. Uh, and that's his job is to be the, he's the axe man. Yes, yeah. yes. And, um, what was the excuse? Budget cuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, no, just budget cuts. And, um, I said, okay. I was like, I just, I was like, thank you for everything. I was, and that was that. And immediately I ran to, I had to leave. Like I literally had walked out of the pool. I was like, I do not want to, I don't want to talk to, and my, everyone's here. Everyone, my nephew, oh, my your niece, oh, wow. they're playing, like my aunt is here. My brother is here. Oh. My parents are here. Miro's somewhere. And I'm like, I can't. So I like walk out and I was in the middle of texting Mandy. Like we were texting about other random things and mm. I'm just like, I just, I just got released. She was the first person I, cause I'm in the middle of, mm. and she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just, they literally just released me. And, um, I called, I called Natty immediately. I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even talk to Miro yet. I was like, I gotta just, Jeez. and Natty, well, she didn't, same reaction. She's like, wait, what? You know? And, um, I don't know, it was just like sucked, you know? Mm. And it's just like, but I, at the same time, I felt really relieved in the sense of like, I've been waiting for this call. Mm. And that's the part I don't like about it, the environment of how, you know, and, and if I, God, I'd never, if I, I wanna, whatever wrestling contract I have next, if I stay in wrestling, which I hope I do, I want a no cut clause because that mm. is, was the worst Hanging like, over your head constantly, right? Yes, and living in that fear, a state of a fear of like, you don't know when your future endeavors is going to come. And you always, I'm such a planner. I like the, you know, I'm such a planner. And it's just like, okay, you know, I had three and a half years left, you know, and it's like, I have all these plans, you know, and I'm, I invest my money. I'm a businesswoman. And I, it's just like, damn, like, like why? And, and you, I'm not yeah. saying this, I mean, you want this. You could, you've always been that way from, from when I was working with you. You mentioned training with, with Natty and TJ. You're not just sitting back collecting your paycheck going, oh, I'm a hot blonde and who gives a shit. 
you know, and that's the difference that, that of all the people to cut. Yeah. But like you said, that's why it's a job. Yeah. You know, it's not fair, but no, it's not fair, but you know, life isn't fair. So, um, that's what I just remind myself is like, when I'm like, damn, that isn't fair. I just, I had just made gear, beautiful neon (laughs) glow in the dark gear four thousand, like over $4,000 it costs, you know, um, by the people that like, so for all the top singers and we had plant, you know, all these new outfits we had bought and outfits that I wouldn't even probably wear in real life, but we have to have them glow in the dark. And, um, you know, it's just, I was, of course I'm devastated. You know, of Mm -hmm. course, like I was like, damn, like, could you have least like, we were promised to go into a program with Natty and Tamina. And this is you and Naomi? Me and Naomi. Naomi, And um, to go into a program with them and go after the titles. And, um, you know, we were supposed to be possibly champions, which all that stuff I take with a grain of salt. The, the, but the it's, actual- all, it's all a, a positive check from the office, you know what for I mean? For sure, for sure. And I was very lucky that I was booked up until the day I got fired. Um, and then now we last week lost in 30 seconds. Oh so it's like, right? You never yeah, know, right? I know, exactly. And... Um, so I was just like, it was just so many emotions. I was definitely like a little disappointed at first, for sure. You know, did my weeping with the dolphins. And I'm like, damn, I just practically moved here to train more and to be the best that I can be. And that happens. And um, But, you know, life, you got to... You got to just swing with the punches. And you had been through that the year prior when Miro got let go. Because oh I know my he God. had asked for his release, but maybe he didn't, but he basically got let go as well. Oh, yeah. No, honestly, when Miro got let go, for me personally, it was harder when Miro got let go. Mm. Like, just in general. Like, I was a lot more depressed. I was a lot more sad. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had my days of crying and, you know, wallowing. But I think partly as a performer and artist, I allow myself to wallow. I'm like... <laughs> I'm finally not feeling happy. Let me wallow so I can like have more emotion when I need to do this part, you know, dig deep, you yes. know. You use this for method now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, am I going to come up with some type of funny concept, you know? Yeah. So I just like allow myself to feel, I think, if I think it actually does help us sometimes tap into being better performers mm. um, or um, actors. But with Miro, that, that, me up like I was first of all shook never in a million years would I thought he would have been fired Mm -hmm. before I like never and that place makes you feel that way you know that place makes you feel that men are more important than women that place makes you feel especially if you're a manager or valet they're um you're secondary and yeah maybe you are secondary but I do feel like I was a big part of his success mm-hmm. big time. and I think I'm a big part of his success behind closed doors mm-hmm. at AEW, mm-hmm. you know, and I can talk about that now, but, um, a big turn for him was when we started really talking about like, let's, let's make your message a little bit more clear mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it is reassuring to me that I actually do under, I, I do grasp storytelling. I do grasp storytelling and wrestling as well. Um, so when he got fired, I, God, I was beyond devastated. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. And it was just the, with the combination of the pandemic and not knowing what the world was going to hold. And, um, 
I just remember Becky, I would text Becky a lot and Becky's just like, you can do it. You know, you're a strong woman. Being on your own, you mean kind of in the company? Yeah. 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 And just like, you know, uh, you know, she's pregnant. She's like, hold it down, work harder than ever. But no one really understood why it was so much harder too, except if you were there Mm. because the business completely changed. All of a sudden, we're not on live events. We're in this big right. arena. There's no fans. There, we still don't have fans. We're there's not even a viewing area. Mm-hmm. There's no sense of camaraderie mm-hmm. over there. Gotcha. You know, no one watches the show. You know, there's literally no viewing, and um, it's just like a, you know, you come and you go, and it's like that sense of community isn't there. And so there was like a lot of lonely nights for me. And that was really hard because I was used to spending the last seven years of my life with my best friend. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we married each other and, but he's my partner and he's really my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard, but I was determined that I was not going to quit. You know, they weren't going to get me the quit. No one was going to get me the quit. No nine tables was going to get me the quit, <laughs> you know, no burying me, me losing. And I could tell constantly people were looking at that, you know, mm. I'll never forget like Mandy and Dana. Um, they were like, man, it's, it's, it's great that you just have, do you know where this is going? You know, like, do you know what's happening? And I'm like, I have no nope. idea. Because <laughs> they're writing on a basis, that's why. I have no idea. They're like, you have such a great attitude for losing. And it's like, well, someone has to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, literally, unless it's a DQ, someone. Right. right, right and right. I would rather be losing than sitting and catering. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe, maybe that was my issue, is that I was a yes man, and I was a... Um, yeah, this could be shitty and terrible story Show writing. business though, right? But I'm going to make it to the best of my ability. I always love know? that. Like if we were, you know, got cast in a Steven Spielberg movie exactly. and you play the part of, you know, Lana who goes through nine tables and I play the part of, you know, Jericho who, you know, loses nine matches in a row. You wouldn't go, hey, uh, where's this going, Mr. Spielberg? Exactly. <laughs> It'd be like, okay, we'll get somebody else to play the part of Lana. Exactly. And you go home and figure out why this is going yeah. not where you want it to go. No, totally. And I th- and that's exactly how I, I approached everything you that they gave. To. Yeah. I was just, it's just my job as an actor, and I'm still in acting class, and this is what my t- our teacher, she's one of the best in the business, Leslie Kahn, she teaches how to take bad scripts and do good acting. Mm. She's like, anyone can take a Scorsese. Scorsese. Yes. uh, Script and be awesome. You know, like his writing is phenomenal, but can you take a shitty Mm. script and make it good? But that's wrestling too. Take Mm -hmm. it. I say it all the time. Whatever TV time you get, that's TV time. And you have a choice. You can make it bad or you can try your best to make it good. Even if it's the worst scenario, (laughs) that's up to you. Yes. yes, You know what I mean? And that's still the concept of of wrestling or acting or anything that you do in show business. No, for sure. And I just, you know, it's people like you and, um, God, many other Paul Heyman who has Mm -hmm. just has taught me, like, it doesn't matter what it is. And I know the grab the brass ring or whatever the you want to call it, you know? Yeah, and I it doesn't matter if it's Mixed Match Challenge, if it's YouTube, if it's WrestleMania, if it's, you know, the biggest, if it's an Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. you go out there and you grab, you give it your all. And you do to the best of your ability because that's all you have at the end of the day. That's right. That's, that's all right. you have. 
So I want to know if you heard from Vince McMahon after you were released, but before you answer, birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkled donut, there's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance. Or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. Last few questions for you. Did you ever hear from Vince after you got let go? I did. Um, Yes. I I got a text um, and... Oh, it was just, I, I definitely got emotional about it when I, cause it was like the fine, it was just like goodbye yeah. for me, you know? And, you know, he thanked me for um, my incredible work ethic and um, for my unrelentingly desire to be the best that I could be mm-hmm. and all the co- um, contributions I gave to WWE. Mm-hmm. So that really meant a lot to me. Um, and I thanked him for everything that he's taught me because I learned so much. I've learned so much life lessons and um, performing, you know, and um, so I'm incredible, incredibly thankful. I do wish the hardest part for me was, and this is where I, I mean, maybe as they'll change this in the future, especially after Mickey, you know. The garbage bag. Yeah. um, Is the, why of the goodbye part, you know? And it's like, you know, now it's changed a little bit. You know, people are at least talk to each other. Each other. Mm-hmm. It used to be like cut off, you know? And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, well, why? I would have liked to maybe give Vince McMahon one last hug goodbye, mm-hmm. you know? Like I would want to, I want to say goodbye to the writers, you know? I want to say goodbye to Ray Ray, Ryan Ward, yeah. who I've worked with for eight years, you know? Like he, he started with my very first promo, you know? And it's like, I want to say goodbye to these people. I, what, what, I don't know if I'll ever see them again. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, look at Brody. You don't mm-hmm. know when your last day is. Oh, this is when I get emotional. Ooh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much bigger to me than a job. Like, uh, even if people, even the people that annoy me, like, I still have so much love for you. These are people we see every week. Yes. Sometimes more than back in the day, three, four times yes. a week. Yes. For years and years and years. And that's a great point. Like, as a guy, for me, it's like, yeah, I'm done. I'll see you later. But still, deep down inside, <laughs> it's like, man, I'd love to see some some of those people again. Yeah. You know, even yeah. I haven't seen you in four years or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, it's so funny how it just stops. Yeah. And then, like you said, well, why did, why can't I say goodbye? But they don't want that. No. You know, they all escort you out of the building. And, and it's so ridiculous. And I'm like, maybe they feel like I, I texted Ryan, uh, Ryan Ward, and um, like a week afterwards. And he's like, sorry, I'm so sorry I didn't reach out to you. I, you know, he goes, you never know if people are going to um, lash out at creative. And I'm like, is that the reason why we can't go back and mm-hmm. give hugs? Mm-hmm. You know, because like, I guess, but like, not everyone is like that. And I actually don't think that. I mean, you. I think less people would be like that. I think more, especially the women. Like, we want to go get our shit. You know, mm-hmm. we <laughs> we might want to take an Instagram picture or do a TikTok dance all together. You yeah. know, and it's like us girls. We 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 even with the people you don't like, 
you really love mm -hmm. and you see that you know it's like we all we these they become your sisters you mm -hmm. know even and just like sisters you sisters your family members drive you crazy you at TikTok times dancing like mofos oh my god yeah. and so <laughs> that was like you know um that's the hard part of that was the hardest part of um, the release and you know I've been having so much love from the locker room and but you know so many of the production I don't have their numbers mm -hmm. you know like people I've I mean I've worked with them for eight years they're really your mm -hmm. kind of your extended family I've seen them more than my extended right. family yeah. so um, and I am a very like passionate emotional person and so like you know telling people thank you and telling them I appreciate them and hugging them that is very important to me and mm -hmm. I, I think it um I hope they see that you know in a corporate world you know they are corporate you don't need a right you don't that's not I don't think the right way to do it but um, we'll is, see. so is it is it hard to say goodbye to Lana oh, yeah oh my god I mean Lana became I love Lana in so many different ways you know um I Ah, God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think because she's so much of an alter ego for me in so many different ways. Um, I could always like, if shit hit the fan, blame it on the character. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I think I really did love her love life. It was fun mm. for me. It was fun that she got, you know, had four exes you know two divorces you know and it's it's like we all know someone like that i mean isn't rick flair like that you know i always i always see rick and i'm like you're my inspiration i want to get married five times on television um and it's like well why not you know um right. and i think because in life I am married and in life I am, you know, I mean, yeah, I love the party and drink and, but in life I try very hard to do the right thing, mm -hmm. at least now in my life, you know, there hasn't always been that way, mm -hmm. but like the, you know, the last eight years I've tried to really do it the right way and, um, not cheat the system or cheat people and, um, try to be honest and true. And I honestly, I sleep a lot better at night. I, f I feel at peace and, um, but that's why I think it is hard to give up Lana because mm -hmm. she was, she was everything that I can't be in life, you know? <laughs> so, so what are your plans now post WWE? Oh gosh, man. Well, we're three weeks in right now. Mm -hmm. So I still feel like I'm going through, um, Withdrawal. a lot of just a lot, yeah. you know? Um, I'm such a workaholic. And, um, so even in WWE on my off days, I was always working, you know, I was always working towards my future endeavors. Mm -hmm. And that's like definitely the advice to anyone that's listening. I would say, if you want to be a professional wrestler and if you do want to come to WWE, definitely always, always work on your future and that, and actually anywhere, mm -hmm. because what I told Miro is you never know if you're going to break your neck and can't wrestle right. anymore. You don't know if you just don't know. So we have to create things outside mm -hmm. of wrestling, outside of entertainment. And um, but I think for me, the biggest shock was when I got fired of the thought of letting wrestling go, mm -hmm. you know, the thought. I don't want to, um, of letting wrestling go. Cause I, when I started WWE, it started, um, 
I was a professional dancer and model and was in really did some acting, but really diving into acting classes, taking it for like for real, for real. Mm. And then I got this job. That was kind of how I gave up fully professional dancing. So I went from like professional, like uh, uh, a performance aspect that you use your body, right. you know, and there's a live crowd into wrestling. And so it's like the first time I really be like, oh, is this my time? Is it? time to retire that mm-hmm. you know like is it time to let go and say goodbye um I just get emotional I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, and um you know wrestling's it's hard and it's not just hard like oh the bombs but it's like it's an art it's like mm-hmm. dance it's Absolutely. it's it's like anything and to be a master at something it takes ten thousand hours and they say that's in between eight to ten years and i felt like with wrestling finally i started to feel comfortable that i didn't just have to think about it mm-hmm. you know for so long you have to think think and then at one point I'm sure you've been like this for 15 years. And all of a sudden you can live in the pocket. Yeah. You know, you can go out there and you're not just thinking about thinking, you're living and you're enjoying it. And you know, that's how I always felt with, with promos and um, you know, and I mean, I haven't danced professionally in a long time. And, um, but back when I used to, and I started to feel that way with wrestling. And I really, Naya really helped me with that. Uh, Cause you know, Naya takes her time, which is great. And I, I started, I just learned so much from that situation. And I, I don't know, I guess I was like, damn, I don't know if I'm ready to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, well, I don't have to let it, I don't have to let it go. Yeah. And I, I definitely don't like the aspect of uh, a human being telling me to let it go. You know, I don't like that right. aspect of Vince McMahon saying, oh, you have to give up wrestling, you know, done, you know, and it's like, no, 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 I, and I, that's where I am a little bit of a rebel, I guess. It's like, I'm not going to let any, you know, rich man, billionaire, uh, a Vince McMahon or any person, my no, parents, tell you tell, yeah. Do, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I've had, I've had different things, different things in wrestling also offer me. So yeah, I just, I want to create, I want to, um, I want to, God, I want to create something epic, you know, and I feel, I don't know. It, it seems to me like you pretty much are in your prime, which is, it makes you dangerous. That's, that's a good place to be, you know? I definitely, yeah. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I love hearing that. Thank you. I, um, I, I think I read, um, like Road Dog said something somewhere I read and he goes, oh, men, he believes that men in their 30s, that's their prime mm-hmm. for wrestling. And um, I think for so long there was a stigma on women like, oh, if you're over 30 oh, yeah, in yeah. wrestling, you got to be done. You know, and it's like, no, no, no. Like, I actually believe I'm only, only entering my prime. Right. You know, only entering my prime when it, you know, because I've been just trying to learn, figure it out, you know, learn from the like the wrestling part the the storytelling part the acting but also like the social media part Mm -hmm. and it's like now i feel like i am that person to learn all from the traditional aspects you know from all the people that have the best from like your generation and now i've learned so much you know i i i feel like me with our social media team like we we were the generation that right. was figuring it out, you know, on social media. And I just have learned so much. And I feel that, you know, this is just the beginning. Last question for you. Um, what's your favorite match that you ever had? 
Oh boy, man. I mean, I love my matches with Naya. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really earned um, the respect from the smart marks, which was nice, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like two power bombs, you know. T- oh, she's tables. so big too, just oh. beating you up. Oh my god, you feel it, and yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, any person that ever fights Naya, we all look at each other and we go, "Yep," <laughs> you know. It's you know, you're you're fighting a Samoan dragon. That's right. You know, and she's a the force. She is a force. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely. I was just, I was really, I think maybe my, I don't, maybe it was the tables match or one of my singles matches with her that I felt that we, we took, we really took our time. We didn't have a lot of time, unfortunately, right now on, they're not giving the women a lot of time right. on Raw right now or SmackDown, which is really unfortunate, but, um, you know, we made the most of it, of whatever we were given. And we tried to tell our stories through social media, mm-hmm. um, so that was that I I really liked that and um it it was always great when I come back and I see messages from like Becky or Miro and they're like it was such a good match you know so good um I think another match I really enjoyed that we had at live events we might have had it on television but a more concise was um Zelina and Manny mm. Uh, against me and Miro. Oh, cool. And I think that was a where I honestly I learned how I would always be selling and Miro would be once again so so thankful for these moments because he would call the match mm-hmm. from the apron and then me and Zelina were learning so much because we had both those incredible minds ringside. Uh, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I could... I love wrestling, so, yeah. <laughs> well, we're excited about your future endeavors. For sure. Ooh, me too. <laughs> Goodbye, Lana. Hello, CJ. Yeah. Or whatever name you have in the future. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm trying to figure that one out. but <laughs> <laughs> From one CJ to another. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.